0: Welcome to the exam room. I am your host, Brian Vardabedian, a.k.a. Dr. V from 33 Charts. So last week, the Association of American Medical Colleges released a report predicting a substantial future shortfall of physicians. I'm going to unpack that just a little bit here over the next few minutes. You can access information about this on the July 6, 2020 post on 33charts.com. Lots of great links there, linked to the original AAMC report, and uh, some other goodies. So for the uninformed, the AAMC serves medical schools and teaching hospitals and delivers services to these institutions, including data about medical education, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They're basically the organizational arm of medical education, if you will. And so trying to anticipate future physician needs and demands is definitely in their wheelhouse. And trying to predict... Is, uh, is something that they do. So in this report, the AAMC concludes, quote, we continue to project that physician demand will grow faster than supply, leading to a projected total physician shortage of between 54,000 and 139,000 physicians by the year 2033, end quote. They suggest that significant contributors to growing physician demand include early retirement forced by COVID-induced burnout, as well as an aging physician population. And I quote again, a large portion of the physician workforce is nearing traditional retirement age and supply projections are sensitive to workforce decisions of older physicians. More than two of five currently active physicians will be 65 or older within the next decade. Shifts in retirement patterns over that time could have large implications for physician supply. Growing concerns about physician burnout documented in the literature suggests physicians will be more likely to accelerate than delay retirement. On the other hand, economic uncertainty and any detrimental effect on physician wealth could contribute to delaying retirement, end quote. So it's all good in my eyes here, but here's where we run into trouble predicting physician demand, and here's where I want to unpack it just a little bit for all of you. And I want to go into sort of three points that kind of state my case. And the first is, we don't know how disease will be diagnosed or treated in 20 years. Thank you, uh, Captain Obvious, right? This, this sounds obvious, but it's very important given the rate of change we're currently experiencing in medicine. For sure, we can expect medicine to continue its progressive march towards personalized precision care that's both predictive and preemptive. I call those the four P's. We can see that care is moving from hospital to home. We know that patients are doing more on their own. Technology is doing a lot of what doctors used to do, and care can be coordinated by others besides those with medical degrees. We'll get into this in just a second. So this leads to point two. We don't know what physicians will be doing in the future. So given the pace of these changes that I just mentioned and our lack of understanding of the endpoint, we have no idea what doctors will actually be doing 20 years from now. So it's impossible to predict how many we'll actually need. This is the challenge with prognostication. Now it's clear the technology is getting better at what we used to do as physicians. Vinod Kosla, in his famous 2016 blog post, The 20% Doctor, suggested that 80% of total doctors' time on, spent on medicine will re- be replaced by smart hardware, software, and testing. Specifically, the gig economy, artificial intelligence, robotics, 3D printing, and advanced imaging are a few of Kozla's forces that are going to retool this concept of the doctor. These changes will in turn reshape the work of a doctor. And so while the AAMC is trying to predict how many physicians will need to get the work done, they're not asking the most important question, which is, What will that work be, or what should that work be? This question of what doctors will actually do leads to another more pressing issue for the AAMC, and that is, how do we train doctors for the year 2033? Point three, we don't know what advanced practitioners will be doing in the future. When I say advanced practitioners, I'm referencing nurse practitioners and physician assistants. Technology and medicine complicates predictions about physician supply and demand, now follow me here, because as more of what we once did at the bedside as docs gets offset to diagnostic technology, it becomes easier for someone who is not a doctor to fill that role of healer. And as the AMC report suggests, advanced practitioners are expected to weigh significantly in future physician workforce considerations. And I'll say here, I feel that this reality about advanced practitioners is really underrepresented in this report. For those who don't work in clinics, the emerging role of the advanced practitioner can be illustrated with this example I'm going to just talk about here. There was once a time when the experience and wisdom that came from education and experience allowed a doctor to look at a child's throat and make a reasonable clinical assessment of strep throat. It was based on experience, training, and authority. But now, point-of-care testing with a rapid strep test has disrupted that process. It allows anyone who can read the output of the test to make the diagnosis. Deep experience becomes less important when the diagnosis is made with this technology. This is why the future of providers is strong. So what about the future of physicians? Well, that really depends on how we as a profession adapt, adjust, and redefine ourselves. This is a much bigger discussion for another cast, but physicians can take the future into their own hands or leave it to the social and technological forces currently underway. We have to redefine ourselves professionally. So the strep situation is a simple example of a broader creeping process underway as part of medicine's industrialization. Technology is effectively democratizing the clinical space. So this whole idea of prediction and projection is really something of an institutional polar game. The problem with predicting physician supply and demand begins with our nasty habit of trying to see the future through a 20th century lens. The perceptual bias of institutional medicine sees the future physician as some version of a 20th century model. They see the future as just an extension of the past. The WMC has fallen prey to what Amy Webb calls the paradox of the present. Quote, we have a hard time seeing the future because we lack a shared point of reference rooted in our present circumstances, end quote. Consequently, medicine is changing faster than its institutions can keep up, and this concept of physician role as moving target is likely to be our new normal. According to Kevin Kelly in his amazing book, The Inevitable, we are in a state of, quote, perpetual becoming, end quote. And this is from his book. The problem with constant becoming is that unceasing change can blind us to its incremental changes. In constant motion, we no longer notice the motion. Becoming is thus a self-cloaking action often seen only in retrospect. More important, we tend to see new things from the frame of the old, We extend our current perspective to the future, which in fact distorts the new fit into what we already know. This is why the first movies were filmed like theatrical plays and the first VRs shot like movies. This shoehorning is not always bad. Storytellers exploit this human reflex in order to relate the new to the old, but when we are trying to discern what will happen in front of us, this habit can fool us. End quote. So medical life in the future is going to be a series of real-time upgrades. In 2018, I riffed on Kelly's related insight that we will all be what he calls endless newbies. You can get the link on the July 6, 2020, uh, 33 Charts post. So the future of medicine is not static, and the faster we become, the harder it is to predict what we will be. And while he wasn't referring to the organizational leadership of the nation's medical schools, Nassim Taleb, in his amazing book, The Black Swan, had it right. Quote, I find it scandalous that in spite of the empirical record, we continue to project into the future as if we're good at it, using tools and methods that exclude rare events. Prediction is firmly institutionalized in our world. We are suckers for those who help us navigate uncertainty, whether the fortune teller or the well-published academics or civil servants using phony mathematics, end quote. That's amazing. Prediction is firmly institutionalized. So establishing a healthy relationship with uncertainty may represent a better strategy for healthcare leaders going forward. I hope you've enjoyed this latest version of... Uh, The Exam Room. Uh, You can learn more at 33charts.com and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you for joining us in The Exam Room. If you like what you heard here please rate the program, review us, or let folks know about us. And if you have any really cool ideas that you'd like discussed here please feel free to let us know. This has been a Touchpoint Media Production. To learn more about this show and others like it please visit us online at touchpoint.health.